welcome to the Kenosha City Church Podcast. Vision 2024 is all about advancing the gospel in your life in Kenosha City Church, in Kenosha, and all around the world in the year 2024. Enjoy the message. This is Vision 24, and today I'm going to reveal to you the theme for this year uh, as we go through a ministry. It is forward. We're going to talk about going forward as Kenosha City Church in this community. Now, when we talk about vision, let's define it. Vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by prayer to understand God's will to get there. Let me say that again. Vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by prayer to understand how God can get us there. We don't want to do something like, okay, God, I have this great plan for you, uh, and I need you to bless it now. God doesn't need our help or need our plans. Rather, uh, we want to discern, God, what do you want for this church in this community to see your name spread? Now, for some of us, we have a hard time with vision. All right, some of us are like, we're visionaries. We have ideas like crazy, right? If you're the ideas people in this room, just raise your hand. Like, you have an idea that, you know, that, that just all over the place, right? Some of you, you're like, I, I just don't, I just do what, you know, I, I'm kind of a doer. Like, I, I don't really think of what could be. I, I just do what is. Like, some, you know, so again, vision may come easy to you. Some of you, it's, it's harder. But some of you, uh, vision is hard because it's clouded, Life is clouded. You're clouded by the things of your past. You're clouded by things of your present. Maybe someone said something to you or, or maybe something happened in your life and it has shaped the very experiences of your life that you're beginning to look at your entire life with the glass half full. Uh, you look at life very negatively. You look at life of, of, of all the awful things that are gonna coming down the pike. Well, the Apostle Paul, he encouraged the church this way, and he's encouraging you this morning this way. It's Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, Paul says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself, I have taken hold of it, but, so he's saying he's not perfect, okay, anybody perfect in here this morning? Good, because nobody's perfect, all right? I, I haven't taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Uh, to, spiritually, to be spiritually healthy, people often talk about health in the new year, but to be spiritually healthy, you must grow forward. You must grow forward in your life. As Paul states, to pursue the goal of the prize promised by God's heavenly call. If you're going to grow forward, you're going to live by God's heavenly call over your life. You're not saved. That has been brought into right relationship uh, just to sit around and saying, okay, I've been saved, right? If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, uh, that is what you need to do first before anything else. Uh, you can't earn your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. you got to receive what Jesus did for you already. He died on the cross for your sins. He stood in your place. He rose from the dead. He's giving you a free gift. And all you have to say is, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you to forgive me of, of my sins. Jesus, I, I, I want you to step in my life. I'm in. But when you do that, it isn't some kind of insurance policy, right? Whenever something bad happens, you open up the lockbox and you're beginning to read the insurance policy. Okay, am I covered, right? We had, we had a pipe burst in our, in our kitchen uh, this, this week in, in the church kitchen. So water started going everywhere, right? Uh, and so then I'm like, oh, great, oh, right? And so again, you begin to say, okay, what is our policy, right? Well, we don't want our life to be that way. 
We don't want our life to be where it's like, okay, God, you're in the background, you've saved us, and I'll cry out to you only when I'm in trouble. Well, listen, you can cry out to him when you're in trouble, but God is to lead us in every aspect of our life. He's active, wants to be active for us to understand that anyway in our life. And so to be healthy, we need to, to be spiritually healthy. Uh, we need to grow forward and let God lead in all of our life. Let's demonstrate it this way. Let's take my kids, for instance. I got permission from Elias. I said, Elias, can I talk about you tomorrow in the sermon? He goes, sure. <laughs> but uh, Elias uh, is about, he is on a growth spur right now. He's about to eclipse Allison. He's going to grow taller than me. All right, don't rub it in when that happens, all right? And so uh, this is so odd because it seems like yesterday he was an infant and we were scared to death because he wasn't even on the growth chart. All right, he was like below 0% on the growth chart. He wasn't growing, and they labeled it failure to thrive. Now, when I heard that, I didn't know what it meant, but I know it wasn't good. And so he wasn't keeping his nutrients. And so I looked at Allison, I said, I don't know what the doctor's gonna say, but we are going to thicken him up, all right? We are gonna fortify the milk with, 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 the, with the formula. And we're gonna do it over, he, he's just gonna be drinking that formula all day long. Well, guess what? He began to gain weight and he began uh, to grow a little bit taller and it has never stopped, all right? Failure to thrive is frightening uh, when you hear that as a parent. Now listen, when kids are little, they're cute, they're, you, you savor it, uh, and there, there's times where I tell the kids, let me see if I can lift you up like you're here in the hospital. I'm like, Dad, stop it, you're, 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 you're embarrassing me. Right, so if you ever see me do that in the church, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to reminisce when they're little, but they're not little anymore. And I realized even though I'm sad they're not little, how, how much of a tragedy would it be if they never grew, if, they, if there was actually failure to thrive. And yet, in our spiritual life, that can become the norm in Western Christianity, where we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we become infants in Christ, we're, we're told to grow and become more like Christ, and yet our growth is stunted. We have a failure to thrive. And it's why some people can go 20 years in a church, they can sing the songs, hear the messages, but yet have an unmitigated temper. They can have a gossip problem, whether you're giving it or you're listening to it. Uh, you have a negative attitude. Now, again, I'm not saying that you're, you're perfect. I'm not saying you're going to not struggle with some of these things. I do, you do. That, uh, we, we can get that out of the way. We're messy people. But we don't stay in the mess as an excuse to say, oh, we're just broken. We let God transform us through Jesus Christ. We don't have to stay stuck. And God wants you to grow. He wants you to grow forward in whatever's going on in your life. He wants you to grow forward in your faith and in his mission. And there's no such thing, therefore, as a Christian who can just stay the same. We are to grow forward, and together when we grow forward, we become a church that goes forward. So this morning, you're going to do two things. You're doing two, one of two things. You're either growing forward, or you're moving backwards. You're either growing forward, or you're moving backwards. There's no neutral. You can't stay the same, just as a child is to grow, just as we age, just as things change out there. We don't stay the same. You can't stay the same. You're either growing or you're receding. And as a church, we must go forward. We mustn't go backward. Jesus gave us the marching orders. The marching orders, I, I say this probably of the 52 weeks that, you know, of, that we preach a year, you probably hear this at least 25 times, all right? It is the marching orders of Jesus. The last and lasting, uh, uh, I would say, commandment. It's a last and lasting expectation. 
It's in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Just before Jesus is ascending into heaven, he's giving the church, that's us, our marching orders. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. For many people today, this has become optional. For many churches today, this has become optional. And I'd like to say, oh, we're perfect in this. But there are times that we recede from focus, or there's times we're really on focus. But this mission is not optional. And if a church's mission statement doesn't encompass uh, Matthew 28, and if the church doesn't live out Matthew 28, they are literally off the mission rails. And therefore, the mission statement of Kenosha City Church is this, to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Our vision is to, per to see you personally connect other people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when people meet Jesus, their lives are made new. Again, our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Our vision is to see you, not just the professionals, not, not just the hired hand, but it's you. Jesus is giving you uh, this mission to see you personally connect other people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when people say yes to Jesus, their lives are made new. This is a room full of people that are not perfect, but when we meet Jesus, our lives are made new. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome that your past doesn't have to find you? Isn't that awesome that there, that there is no such thing as a hopeless person? So therefore, we are determined to reach those who don't know Jesus. And that's why two years ago, we moved into a new season as a church. We put the mission in our name and we rebooted it all. It's called Kenosha City Church. We are determined to reach those who don't know Jesus and grow as a lifelong follower of Christ to be more like Jesus. Kenosha City Church, uh, this is why it's our mission. Number one, Kenosha, that's, that's where this building's located. It's our location. This, is, this building is built strategically in the center of the city. As Kenosha's growing, we become the center. When this building was built, it was more the edge of town. Now we're the center of the town, and I love that. Because as we reach people, we reach people not only from Kenosha, we reach people in Racine and Lake Counties. This is a hub. This building is a ministry hub that we send people out to the city. Kenosha, our location, city is your mission field. Your city could be Kenosha. Your city could be Racine or Mount Pleasant. Your, your, your city could be Abbott Laboratories uh, in Illinois. Your city is the people of whom you have influence. And church is our function. Our function is the gathering of God's people. The visible hope of the world. This is what Jesus has to say about the church. church uh, this is what, how Jesus feels about the church. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25. Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Our name, Kenosha City Church, is a call to action. It's our mission. 
And as we move forward together as a church, we need to understand that we are moving forward in a culture that is rapidly changing. The landscape is changing. So much so uh, that the previous generations alive today have not seen it change to this magnitude. Things that we take for granted are no longer being taken for granted. Things that seem like just a simple truth are now being turned upside down. This last week I was in Michigan and I spent time with my mentor, Doug, and 30 other brilliant pastors from across the United States. And we listened to brilliant uh, speakers that came in and talked to the 30 of us. And they challenged each one of us. You know what they said? Uh, they said that we're living in a post-truth, post-Christian era. Where people are basing their life decisions simply on feelings and what makes them happy instead of what's truth or what are the consequences. And it's seeping even into you and I. It made me realize, and it's making all of the, the most brilliant, I would say, of the minds of the pastors across the country realize we cannot see this culture like it was even a decade ago. The church is at risk of losing entire generations. Generation Z, for instance, which Brandon has a wonder, our pastor Brandon, our, our youth pastor, has a wonderful heart for, and he's reaching them. Gen Z. People born after 1997, some say after 2001. There's a debate where the generations begin and end. But people firmly born after 2000, let's just say, they're the least religious generation in American history. And this is affecting all generations. As Gen Z and older and younger millennials, excuse me, when as they become less religious, it's beginning to trickle up into other generations. So... In 1960, for instance, one in 50 people had no religious affiliation. One in 50. Fast forward to the latest 2023 survey, and the number of non-religious has skyrocketed to one in five. We've taken a zero off. One in five people in our society today claim they are non-religious compared to 1960 when it was one in 50. And yet many churches, including we can on default, we can go about church with a mindset like we have a culture like 1960. Instead, we need to see the landscape as it painfully is right now in 2024. And our hearts need to be broken, not without despair, but they need to be broken so that we move forward in action with the same message that Jesus Christ said that will never fail if you receive it, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet we're losing generations. And Kenosha doesn't fare much better. In fact, did you know that Kenosha, I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating on our Vision Sunday, Kenosha is actually behind the national trends. We are actually more irreligious than the rest of the country. We are actually mirroring San Francisco. The reason why we don't see this is because we have a very religious background where people can say, oh yeah, my grandma or my parents, they go to Christmas at a certain church and, and, and people still kind of claim that, but they were irreligious. Listen, here's the numbers. There's 169,151 in Kenosha County. There are 55 in the county, 
55 what we would call Bible-believing churches. They're, these are churches that would claim, I, I, obviously I, can't, I haven't done an audit of this, right? But this is churches that would claim they believe the word of God is God's word and that we should obey it and it's without error. 55 Bible-believing churches, whether they're evangelical or charismatic. When you add up everybody who were to claim these churches in Kenosha County, there are 15,000 Bible-believing Christians uh, in Kenosha County, all right? Now, that's just people that claim that. Attendance, the average attendance, is just over 60, all right? And so um, we, we, we're, we're much bigger than that as Kenosha City Church, but you can see the average church is much smaller than even our church, so we have 15,000, like, oh, that's pretty good. Oh, 55 churches, that's pretty good. But remember, the number is 169,000. So how many people are non-religious? That number is 62%. 104,000 people claim nothing. I'm not talking about, if they, they're not claiming Catholic, they're not claiming Lutheran, they're not claiming Islam, they're not claiming anything. No religion. 104,000. So you can add on top of that. Uh, non-Christian religions. You can add, add on top the churches that are churches in name only and don't believe in the word of God. You can see this number is ballooning. The far majority towards over 90% of this county is unreached. 90%. And I want you to know this. The number is even greater with Gen Z. So it's not that we're losing. We lost it. But all is not lost. Because nobody's hopeless. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is indiscriminate. That anybody and everybody who receives Jesus Christ as Savior is redeemed. Amen? You know, just 20 years ago, the non-religious in Kenosha was only 60,000. It has increased rapidly. Again, this makes Kenosha one of the most unreached areas in the entire country. And we just can't sit back. We have to do something. Do you believe that? We have to do something. I don't want to be a club. I don't want to be a church that's just a church on Pershing and 60th and where I'm part of a pastoral good old boys club. Done with that, all right? We have to do something or we're going to vastly reflect the empty cathedrals of Europe in 10 years. And the answer, of course, is the gospel of Jesus Christ going in and out through busted, broken, imperfect people like you and me. There is hope, and there is a way, and his name is Jesus Christ. It always has been, and it always will be. In Kenosha City Church, we will lead the way. I hope other churches are doing it too. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they are doing it too. We're not the best thing on the market. I don't care about that. I don't care about any of that. What I care about, are we faithful? Are we faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Investing and finding the lost personally. And connecting people to the power of the gospel. Kenosha is a tall order. I'm going to get real about this area. I've been here 18 years. I still, I, I, I think, to, I think to like be really into Kenosha and the Racine and Lake County areas, it feels like you have to be here multi-generational. So, so I, I feel like I could speak from an outsider a bit. Kenosha is a tall order. I meet with pastors all across the country. I want you to know this is some of the hardest ground in the United States. Kenosha Racine is hard ground. It has a history of religion, but a dark side like Gotham, where people put on a religious cloak with a good old boy heart. 
I love Kenosha. I think the people are kind and I think they're lovely. But it's so far unreached. Wonderful, kind people that don't know Jesus. That I believe would receive Jesus if they're just simply told. But yet, this area has had a dark cloud over it. Kenosha was once a place where there were more bars per capita than anywhere else in the United States. And as a result, during this era, people would leave their factory jobs, go across the street. You can see where Chrysler used to be. There are still bars lined up where people would go, leave the factory, go to the bar, and they would cash their check, and they would drink their wages away, and they would come, they would come home dead drunk to their families and just complete dysfunction. I've talked to some of you, actually many of you, that was your upbringing. And I want you to know this dark cloud, even though that we are beyond our factory days, there are a lot of, there are a lot of factory jobs, but not in the way of what it was with automotive, but that dark cloud of addiction, that dark cloud of having vision for our city, it's still pretty cloudy. This is an area where it also has a reputation for the occult. It's been known as a mecca of witchcraft. In fact, uh, there used to be for years uh, a, just a, a mecca of, of where all the psychics would come. But today it's not just in the dark halls of conferences. Today it's uh, in the open streets such as the spirit market where many soccer moms go and they buy their tarot cards, their crystals and their incense to a foreign deity, to new age, and what I would say, what the Bible would say, even the demonic. And for decades, the evangelical church, including us, have been a merry-go-round of people looking for the newest thing, newest program, and we, and as we have been, as, as there's been boom-bust cycles between different churches, I want you to know this. As people have been enamored by what is one church doing and the other church is doing, the total number of Christians in Kenosha County has been shrinking. We have to look out. We have to see the lost. We have to see people that don't know Christ. They're your neighbors. They're your family. They're your friends. And we love them. Yes, this is hard ground. But we don't have a choice. Because if you're a follower of Christ, where you live is your mission. You don't want Racine, Kenosha, Lake County to be your mission? Well, then you have to move. But you know what happens when you move? Wherever you move to becomes your mission. You can move, but you can never outrun the mission and the call that God has on your life. And I want you to know, I am so thankful for each and every one of you that we can call Kenosha County, Racine County, Lake County our mission because I believe that God is going to bring breakthrough in so many of your lives and the lives that you have influence in. In order to do this, we must go forward. For the rest of our time, I want to share three things we need to do to go forward and to remedy this. And I'm going to finish on giving some very specific updates of what we're going to do in 2024. If you're new, this is a great Sunday for you to come because you're going to know what's coming down uh, the pike in 2024. So if we are to grow forward, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, you can't go forward. Actually, cross out 
go and put grow, all right? You can't grow for, I'm changing it right now, all right? I wrote that, I can change it, right? You can't grow forward if you don't know your identity. You can't grow forward if you don't know your identity. Ephesians chapter one, verse 15. Paul speaking to the early church. This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stopped giving thanks for you. As I remember you in my prayers, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. So we see here, you can't grow forward if you don't know your identity. You gotta know him. You gotta know Christ if you're gonna grow spiritually. If you don't know Christ, you need to place your faith and trust in him alone right now and, and you'll be saved. If, if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, it's not just good enough just to know about him. You need to know him like, like you know a friend. Paul's prayer for you, verse 17, was that you would know Jesus Christ and live by his wisdom, not human wisdom, but by the wisdom of his revelation. To know God you got to, again, receive Jesus Christ as Savior. And when you place your faith and trust in Christ, you're then considered a son and daughter of the king. But you're to know him deeper. You know what? We have to be in his word. I believe what is hurting the church today, for those of you that are followers of Christ, is people only want to experience God in the experiential, uh, not what is objective truth that he's given us in Scripture. Oh, yes, God is an, we experience God. Oh, yes, that God, God gives us experiences, but they must be subservient to the objectivity that we see in God's unchanging word, which means this. If you're to know God, you've got to be in his word. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If the only time you crack open your Bible or your Bible app is in church, I want you to know you're not going to know God. He wants to know you in your personal time. He, he wants to spend time with you uh, each and every day. If you don't have a Bible, just, just hit us up. Uh, just hit the connect part portion on our app or the website. We'll get you a Bible. We'll let you, we'll let you know how to use the app uh, if, if you want a digital Bible, okay? Uh, we, we'll give you tips on how to, to, to follow Christ every day in the word of God. You gotta be in the word. And when you know about God, when you, when you know it, you, uh, the, the thing is this, is that you're just not to know things about God. You're to grow in it. That means you're to live it. You're to live it. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. When you spend time with God, your eyes, the eyes literally of your heart, open up to the things of God, and you begin to see things in part as God sees things. You begin to see his calling on your life, you begin to see his mission for your life. And you realize that life isn't just about a collection of moments or stuff. No, rather, life now is preparation for forever. Life now is a preparation for forever. So three ways I want you to invest as you grow is read his word at home. Talk about his word in groups. If you're not in a city group, you need to jump into a group. And some people are like, well, I just want something super, super deep. I'll talk about that in a moment. But I want you to know, sometimes when people say, I want something super, super deep, what you actually need more is healthy community to speak truth into you. All right? You don't need to, like, you're, you've topped out on what's going to be helpful for you. You need, you need people to speak into you to make it operational. All right? So you need community. 
So read his word, talk about his word in groups, and then finally set aside time to pray to God, to let him know your heart, talk to him. That's all prayer is. If the church is gonna move forward, it's people need to live by their God-given identity to live beyond this life. When you live with this identity, it gives you eternal hope and purpose for your life. So you can't grow forward if you don't know your identity and you're not gonna know your identity if you don't know your maker. Get in his word, spend time with him, get into the community. Number two, you can't grow forward if you don't have purpose. You can't grow forward if you don't have purpose. If your identity is misaligned to God's identity for you, your purposes in life will not be the purposes that are for eternal value. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purposes that prevail. You know when most people drop off the faith and get distracted? I say this actually, and it, 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 twists, my, it twists my stomach. When people get distracted is when their purposes, when, and these aren't necessarily bad things, but when the things of life become greater than the purposes of God for your life and for eternity. Does that make sense? When, he, when, when the things of this life, the temporal, uh, become more important than the eternal things, the eternal purposes that God has for your life. So this is when I've seen people fall off. I'm like, I, I don't see them in church anymore, or, or I, they don't follow the faith anymore, whatever it is. Listen, to this. This, is, this is when I've seen it, when I was a youth pastor and as a lead pastor. 18 years in, here's my personal data. When someone goes off to college, can't find a church. When someone gets married, they say they're just too busy to get their, getting things going, you know? And you know what ends up happening? You want a healthy marriage? Keep God first. Keep the church community in with your new marriage, all right? People fall off when they have kids. Oh, they, look. Parents that have kids out of the house, you know how much kids can be used as an excuse, right? And we'd be like, oh, my kids, uh-huh, sure, right? Unless they're puking all over the place, I don't buy it, all right? So, <laughs> the change of jobs, buying a house, moving into a house, renovating a house when they retire, your whole life. Your whole life is filled with moments of transition. Beautiful transition. It's be These are all beautiful things. Except when kids throw up on you. I, I, yeah, was, you know, I, that's, uh, that's like my biggest fear in all of life. All right, so anyway. <laughs> and it's happened. But we can use any moment of transition as a reason to drop off the purposes that God has for you. And it's detrimental. I have never seen someone drop off reading the word of God, going to church, getting out of community, and then one year later saying, man, I am just in such a better place. You might be in a better financial place. You might be in a better social place. But there's something in your heart you know, something's out of place. This, is, this, is, this goes for me and this goes for all of us. We are prone to wander, scripture says. We are to live on his purpose in every area of our life and serve what Jesus calls his bride, the church, to reach this city. Our purpose in life then, no matter what you do, no matter what hobby you have, no matter what team that you're cheering for, go Chiefs, sorry Green Bay, all right, so no matter what, is to bring the kingdom of God in every area of life. 
Your purpose, no matter where you find yourself, your vocation, your age, it is to bring the kingdom of God to every area of your life. You might like getting coffee at a coffee shop. You might like going to the dive uh, restaurants here in Kenosha. Uh, you, you, you might like going to the sport arenas. I, you bring the kingdom of God to every area of your life. That is your purpose. You can't stay the same. You can't grow forward if you don't know your identity. You can't grow forward if you don't live on purpose. And number three, you can't grow forward if you don't have vision for the future. If you know a lot of things and you're trying to work out things, I want you to know you can't grow if you don't believe that God is at work. And this is what really gets us. Is sometimes we're like, yep, I know what God did. Yep, I believe that God is good, but I'm really scared of what's happened in the future. Or God, why hasn't this happened? Or God, why did this happen? And it begins to cloud how you see what God can do in the future. I want you to know that no matter what happened in your life, God wasn't surprised by it. And I want you to know before you even can think of a solution, God is already at work in it. Isn't that beautiful? And with that, we can have hope and vision for the future. So specifically, what is your vision with how God is going to use you for the mission of Jesus Christ wherever you're at? What is your vision? Again, a vision is a mental picture of what God could be, fueled by the prayer to understand God's will to get you there. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without revelation, people run wild, but the one who follows divine instruction will be happy. What is your vision? You know, for people, they often fall in these categories. Some people have no vision. You have no vision for the future. You're just living day by day and you're holding on. And I want to say that the reason why you might have no vision for the future, maybe that you're experiencing depression, it may be that the circumstances in the past make you feel like there's no way I deserve a good future. I just settle. Whatever fear that you have, God's able to carry you through it. God's already going before you. Have a vision again. Ask God to be your vision. So some of you have no vision. Some of you have the wrong vision. Wrong visions could be uh, embracing bad or sinful dreams for your life. These visions should be avoided. But for many, you have visions that are not bad in themselves. Like kids making the sports team and following their traveling team or growing your business or uh, a number of different things. Uh, th the problem is allowing yourself to have vision about earthly pursuits that eclipse your vision for what God can do in eternity through you. It's allowing the earthly busyness crowd out the, the purposes of God in your life. And this is what we often see in the Western church is we live for the now, so we have the wrong vision. Some of you may have yesterday's vision. This is a vision that is barely alive now that was booming in the past. Uh, having yesterday's vision might not work today. Usually this is the how. This is where people get stuck on sometimes in the church. Um, form over function. Form over function, Right? People, you might like a certain music style or you might like a certain building style or you, know, you might like certain ministries or the way the church was programmed and those things may have worked in the past and they might not work this way now. Doesn't mean God's word has changed. Doesn't mean God has changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But guess what? A Bible study or a program or a song that we sing, it might not be sung 10 years from now. And Jesus still resurrected, right? Sometimes we have yesterday's vision 
We don't want to fall in love with how we do it. We want to fall in love with who we're doing it for. Our vision is to be forward motion for the gospel because life is too short and the stakes are too high. To know what we know and do nothing. Church, I I hope you're seeing it today. I have a burden that I want to see this city reached. I have a burden that I want to see the churches, including our own, to not be distracted on the busyness of what's going on in the city, but but, but have a full focus on what God is calling us to, to see the gospel change lives. If, If churches, including ourselves, continue to look inward, we may think, oh man, there's so much activity going on as the city becomes less and less reached. Oh, I want to change that dynamic. Do you want to change that dynamic? Do you want to be personally used by Jesus Christ to see this city and this region reached? If you're with me, give me an amen or something, right? Right? So, let's talk about what we're going to do in this next year. All right? What we're doing and what we're going to do to lead you to become fully devoted followers of Christ. All right? We want to lead you to the water so you can drink. Right? So, part of this is going to be what God did in 23 where we're going in 24, some of you are going to love it because we're going to put up some budget numbers and you're just going to you know, geek out on that. That's great. So, um, but uh, let's go ahead and take a look. We're going to get really practical here, okay? So let's take a look at the numbers, all right? What did God do in 2023, all right? Let's go and put those up there, all right? So some people are like, how big is Kenosha City Church? Or how many people attend Kenosha City Church? And usually you have to say, what are you asking? Are you asking how many attend on average? Are you asking for who would say they're part of the Kenosha City Church greater community? That top number right there is how many people who have actually signed up, given us their card, and, and have connected with Kenosha City Church uh, who would be part of the greater Kenosha City Church community. We have 968 people that would say that. That's pretty big, isn't it, Right? 968, that is called our greater community. That number will always be bigger than your attendance, all right? Always, all right? If it's not, that means you're not reaching anybody, all right? So we have guests each and every week, and if you're a guest this week or you're a guest recently, you're our VIP. We love it when you are able to connect with us here at Kenosha City Church. The doors are wide open for you to be here. So 968 just last year. We have an average attendance around 300. Actually, it, it's, it's trended up, so it's probably a little bit higher than that. But, you know, churches have a, has a, have a tendency to exaggerate. So, you know what? Why not exaggerate conservatively, right? Now, and say, okay, why not just land, not exaggerate conservatively. Why not give you the conservative number instead of exaggerating, but saying it's probably a little bit higher than that, all right? Because this includes our average attendance and the big number include adults and children, all right? Our average city kids attendance, by the way, before we get on there, um, I want to see that number between nine. I want to see the 968 continue to grow. That means that we reach people. And I want to see that gap shrink. You want to know why? That means that people are getting connected to where they're attending weekly. They're, they're getting into a city group, all right? We want to see that attendance number and that number uh, of the greater community, uh, the gap shrink a bit because that means connection. We believe in connection here at Kenosha City Church. We want to make it so easy for you to connect that you can connect the next week in various ways. And that's why our connect cards or our connect button on our app uh, make it so easy for you to take that next 
step. But I'm so thankful for the Lord uh, of, of the reach that we've had in this community. Amen, church? All right, now, uh, how, many kids involved, how many kids and volunteers do we have downstairs? An average of 75 downstairs right now, all right, between our two services, okay? It is hopping at City Kids, and which means, guess what? We are in constant need of people that would say, I want to invest in the next generation now. If we are worried about losing the next generation, we need to invest in it here. Because if we're not going to invest in it here, they're going to be indoctrinated the next six days out there. All right? And so we need to reach the next generation now. By the way, that number does not, uh, that number I don't believe includes Rev. Rev, is, uh, Rev would make that number go up higher, probably a little over 100, I'd say. Um, all right, now. How do we get connected further? You get connected by serving. We have 90 people volunteering on a weekly basis to make this happen. 90. Between Sunday morning, midweek, and Sunday night with Rev, our, that's our teenage environment, uh, we have 90 people that are saying yes to volunteering. And I believe volunteering is so key for you to connect in the community. I, I, I see people putting their faith in action. I believe it's a growth mechanism for you personally, spiritually. 101 people call city groups home. That's about 45%. I would love to see that reach 80, which means I know there are people in this room that you're not in a city group. And I'm going to encourage you. We're not like, you're not in a city group. <laughs> it's not ever going to be like that. These are for you. And city groups are a time for you to get into community, unpack the word of God, pray together. And I, one of my favorite things, drink coffee and have food, all right? I love that. Amen, right? Let's go over a few of the other numbers. We had 50 plus professions of faith. Um, and so uh, we, we know there's people that don't connect with us when they, when they connect, but we've had 50 plus professions of faith. Um, and that's a really awesome thing, isn't it? We're reaching this city. Now, listen, I'm not huge on numbers. I'm like, okay, give me the numbers. Like, my staff knows this. I barely ever talk about it. But I want you to know numbers are people. They're people. There are people behind that number. And what we want to say is, I don't have like, I, I never really make numeric goals, do I? What I want is, I want connection goals. I want to see our people connected in community. Here's the mind-blowing thing. What's happening, and I believe it's the biggest untapped resource as you begin to invite this year. You know where people go to Kenosha City Church first before they ever hit the lobby? Where do you think they go? Where's our new lobby Social media, it's online. In fact, um, this didn't even exist before 2020. I was on a, a flight from Denver, I was at a training conference. One of our coaches said, hey, you know what, you need to pivot in 48 hours, everybody's going down, and they're gonna, they're gonna go online. Can you pivot and be an online, uh, do an online aspect within 48 hours? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> we got on our knees, we prayed our guts out, and what God did is that he opened up our hearts to evangelize digitally, to reach people before they ever reach this building. In fact, we're seeing 60 to 70% of our first-time guests, they spent time engaging with the content of Kenosha City Church on our app or on our website at kenosha.church or on YouTube or on Facebook. Now, this is the mind-blowing number. This doesn't include audio. This is video. This year, total views on social media, on all of our platforms, we had almost 1.1 1 
million views. Let that sink in. 1.1 million. I would have been happy with 30,000 for our size of a church. I'd be happy with 60,000. I would be mind blown at one to 200,000 for the year. But when we counted it all up, it was almost 1.1 million. Now the big one is one of the videos went viral. Uh, this was one of Allison. Allison and I were doing a back and forth for a, um, uh, for, for, during a relationship talk last year. And Allison dropped some truth bombs. Do we have that? We do? Let's look, this is Allison's video. Let's, we can re-cue it up. Re-cue it up and we'll go from the beginning here. 25, wives. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. But how do we actually put that into practice uh, for wives? Culture is screaming at us um, to be dominant in every aspect of our life, but God wants us to be submissive. Um, It doesn't mean we're doormats. It doesn't mean we're silent. It doesn't mean we're at any way inferior to our husbands. Um, we should go to our husbands with our wants and our needs and our opinions in the same way we go to the Lord with those things. Um, But we should be communicating respectfully. And when our husband doesn't agree with us, we need to be okay with that, not only allowing him to take the lead in that, but expecting him to take the lead in that. Um, Because even though he's the leader, we still have a ton of influence over our husband Um, And because of that, we need to make sure we're staying grounded in the word so that we can use that influence for good. That was seen 828, let's go and put the numbers back up there, 822,000 times. And I I remember when it hit 100,000, I told Alice, I'm like, we'll pull it down. She doesn't like this. She doesn't like like the limelight, all right? It's like, we'll pull it down if you want. Like, no, no, let God use it. 822,000 times we had people cuss her out, call her four-letter word names. Uh, we had, but we, Allison was proposed to a couple times. I'm like, okay, block them, right? <laughs> you know, you get the weirdos when you get those numbers, but you know what? The comments that were received and people that needed to hear that marriage were absolutely amazing. That went worldwide viral, okay, 822,000 times. What's that mean locally, though? We looked at the numbers and still between one and 200,000 of our videos were seen specifically only in Racine, Kenosha, and Lake County. We had pinpointed uh, those videos. So check this out. There are more views locally than there are the population of Kenosha. So this is where the grand opportunity is. Some people are like, well, where are they? They're waiting to be invited. You sit next to them. Are you, if a hundred, uh, after the Christmas video, I'm, I'm going places. I'm like, hey, you, you were in a Christmas video. I'm like, oh my goodness. You're in a commercial. Oh my goodness. Like, but people begin to recognize it. They begin to deal with the content. They already know. But videos and clicks don't invite. You know who do? You do. And when you give them a card, on the back is a QR code that gives people the access to every message we ever had. I love it. We had a, we had a, a, we had a, a family come in recently, and, and the gentleman said, uh, yeah, I, I uh, interacted with you online. I'm like, oh, cool. What messages did you listen to? And he goes, all of them. I'm like, oh, okay, right on. Well, welcome, you know. But it literally takes people three, four weeks, maybe longer, to engage with our content to come. But I want to tell you this right now. There is even more people if they were just invited by you personally, they'd say, oh yeah, I've seen that. Or if they haven't, let me check this out. All right? Over one million views. Church, we should, at our size, we shouldn't have done that. And I want to just, let's give it up for our digital team uh, that is just killing it right there. 
Now, I want to go under the hood just for a moment and talk about our digital content and talk about, like, what actually happens. Our two top messages of the year uh, were the horrors of hell, a message on hell. That saw 919 new people watching that, of which 98 people became return viewers. Israel, uh, we did a, a message on Israel. We had 262 new viewers, of which 92 became return viewers. On a regular week, we have about 157 new viewers and 55 return. What I'm saying is this. People are returning, but they're waiting for you to have a seat next to them and invite them in. This is the biggest opportunity that we have in this city. And sometimes people say no. Sometimes it takes three, four, five times. They're like, okay, oh, hey, you want to come? It's Christmas time. Hey, you want to come? We've got a brand new series coming. Hey, you want to come just because, right? There's a good chance they've seen it. They've seen it. And if they haven't, they can see it. Is that exciting? How many people were reaching in this city digitally? Does that just get you just, yes, right? But I believe that just, that is just the beginning as we see people physically come here and you are welcome here as you're watching, literally the thousands of you that are on there right now as you're watching, you, we have a place for you. This is not a place that you have to learn some kind of holy secret handshake, right? You just attend, right? People are waiting for that invite. Another way, let's go ahead and put our social media slide up there. Here's all the different platforms. We're on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, iHeartMedia, uh, Spotify, Kenosha.Church. We're all over the place, right? And the, another way for you to invite people to church, uh, you don't make this a replacement for personal. I'm just saying it, we should invite people any and all ways, right? It's really helpful, especially if reaching more people, when you share and like the post. That seems so vain, but we've been able to open the hood and see how this works. Literally, if all of you were to share the content each week, it would go from 55 new people that are, that are coming back over and over to probably over 1,000, all right? It's people, and so sharing and liking the things on Facebook sounds like, oh, it's just vain. I am not, we are not, it doesn't matter how many likes, right? It matters, does it get on people's pages? And so we have a wonderful team. In fact, uh, we, have, we even have people that work at Camping World, all right? I believe Alyssa works at Camping World. She knows analytics and stuff. And then we have Sydney who, who, uh, who is uh, just killing it by, by, by hashtagging it and, and putting up, the, uh, putting up uh, content that stops the scroll. <coughs> so... I'm getting excited here, but what I'm saying is, is that we have just scratched the surface. And when we, if we together do this, we're going to reach more people for the gospel, and you're going to make new friends to add it, all right? All right, let's shift gears here. So we've talked about our digital. I would like to bring up Pastor Brandon, because if we are going to reach people before they even come to the church, our heartbeat now is that every generation reach the next generation now. And we want to see our teenagers one for Jesus Christ. We, this is the hardest ground. I was a youth pastor for about a decade. You are walking into a world that is such a hard ground, but we are going to till it, and we're going to see students know Jesus in a powerful way. So, Brandon, will you just kind of share about uh, what you experienced a couple weekends ago and then just a slight overview of what Rev's all about? Hello, everybody, and those viewing online. Um, so we actually, just last week, you may I wasn't around because uh, we were on our way back from Winter Districts. And so this was a youth conference that we just went to. And 
let me tell you, this was an amazing time. Um, there was over 4,000 students there, or like students, like not even including like the leaders from other churches and stuff, but um, youth who are seeking out after God, youth who want to see God move, move in Generation Z and Generation Alpha, um, they were there, and it was a powerful experience. There was powerful times of worship. There was really dynamic services, um, and also the, uh, the the moments of small group times after the services, being able to discuss through what we what we talked about. Those were really really powerful times. And so, um, some of you have teenagers who joined us for that, and to those parents who had your teenagers join us for that, I want to thank you for letting them come. Um, and trusting us to take the normally two-hour drive to Green Bay, turn it into a four-hour drive in that blizzard that we barely avoided. Um, no, we didn't really avoid it. It was like midway through. I was like, well, this is where I'm going to beat my end. But we made it safely. And it was a really, really great time. Um, but also, one of the things that I, I, I really want to point out is not only was there spiritual growth that happened, um, like one of the students, genuinely in a real way, like I had a great conversation with her, um, recommitted her life to Christ, which is a win in itself. Like that makes the entire trip in itself worth it. Um, but then also uh, just the community and the time that the leaders and the students had together, it was really good. We always want to say that Revolution Youth is a family and that family vibe within Revolution Youth grew. And so it was really good. Um, students were also challenged on identity during it, um, and many of them were just processing through what they're finding their worth in instead of finding their worth in the things that they do, truly finding it in the firm foundation of Christ. And so it was a really, really powerful time. And so for those who are praying, thank you. It was really good. Um, and this kind of tees us up for this upcoming year at Revolution Youth, and God is doing such amazing things, such amazing things. Um, if you have a teenager who, or you know teenagers, please be inviting them. Um, I know you guys know, you, you, have, you have entire families of people. You know teenagers. Tell them about Revolution Youth. Um, not only is it going to be a place to where they can get biblical knowledge and can be challenged, like there's weekly challenges for them to go and share their faith. And they hear stories of other students doing that exact same thing. Um, but like this year, we're, we're going deep into, you know, giving them certain biblical knowledge. We're go, diving into the Old Testament this year. Um, so we're going to be going into Solomon and David. We're just going full detail on that. In February, we're having a relationship series. And so um, I, I know a lot of our teenagers definitely need some advice on that. And so we're having a relationship series. Um, and then also, not only are we going to be doing that, but there's going to be a bunch of different outreach events that we're doing. Um, it's a really fun time. But also, most importantly, um, what I see is that it really helps the teenagers get connected. And it helps the teenagers have mentors, have people that they can pouring like leaders pouring into them and really building lifelong connections um, that you know when they're in their 20s that in their 30s they're going to remember their time of revolution youth and remember those midnight conversations with the leader when they were wrestling through something um, and they're gonna look back and, and just praise God and thank him for what he did in their lives and so if you know a teenager God's doing something amazing we're having service tonight doors open at 6 30 uh, service starts at 7 we end at 8 30 p.m invite somebody. It's a very, I want to emphasize, it's a lot of fun, but we really get into the word and the Holy Spirit, God is doing such an amazing, powerful work there. And so um, keep praying for the next generation because they need it. Thank you, Brandon. He's doing such an amazing job. Like I said, and um, even if my kids didn't want to go to Rev, I'd be like, you're going, but I don't have that problem because like they, they beg me to go. And that's what I love about our city kids environment and our revolution environment for our teens and um, middle school and high school is they literally beg us to go and we want your kids to beg you to go to church too. Thank you, Brandon. 
well, hey, our mission, it's the ministry of Kenosha City Church uh, is not only just in this building, but it is also regional and international. And every time that you give, the first 10% of what you give uh, goes to uh, fund our ministry partners locally and internationally. We have our national partners. We, we, uh, we, we uh, give to a camp, Village Creek Bible Camp, Inspiration Ministries. It's a ministries for uh, people with special needs. Youth for Christ, which their vision is to get into every school uh, here in Kenosha, and we're doing it. And we have uh, Youth for Christ workers in this church. We have Youth for Christ missionary in this church. The Alliance Women's Clinic help women with crisis pregnancies. And so that is, again, these are our local partners. Um, also, our international partners, we have Agape International Missions, that's AIM, that rescues women and children who are caught in uh, human trafficking. Uh, we, have, we have helped them out uh, immensely, uh, uh, whether it be rescuing women or rehabilitate women. Uh, we have uh, Blazing Trees, that is our Russia missionary that has now shifted things to Ecuador because Russia's closed. So we were able to go on an Ecuador trip, and, and boy, Ecuador really went crazy, didn't it? And so anyway, um, if you've seen that, uh, all, that was just a couple miles from where we were staying. Anyway, so uh, Ecuador's in some turmoil right now, but their churches are booming, and we're able to train them. We have Italy, that's Stefano right there with Gran Mandito. We have Go Live Dare, which is our, our Afri uh, South Africa uh, missions uh, movement that's in now 10 nations, and I'm going to talk about launching in 10 European nations. I'll talk about that in just a moment. And then we have our orphanage, Sunrise Kids, which you're going to have an opportunity uh, to go there in 2025, July of 2025. We have a college. We have an orphanage there as well, and uh, there's going to be some other activities that we are excited to uh, let you know in the near future. But when you give, you're giving, you're giving to help rescue human beings from trafficking. You're, you're giving to help orphans in an orphanage. You're being able to help the ministry and gospel go forward as, as leaders are trained throughout the whole world. And one of the initiatives that we're doing currently right now is 10 and 10. We want to launch 10 gospel advancing ministries in Europe. And go ahead and put the Europe map up right there. And what we'll see here is this, is that uh, the, the countries that are in yellow are established. Uh, so we have Italy and we're training France. France is established because we went last year. We started training him up. We're going to go back, see how he's doing and hopefully get him trained up further. But he is ready to take France by storm. And so we have two established ministries. We're looking this year to get into uh, Norway, Germany. I just found out Denmark. All right, that's brand new. Um, and, then, uh, and then in progress is Switzerland. We're still trying to work out the details if that is actually going to be a ministry that takes off or not. We are well on our way. We wanted one every one year in 10 years. Uh, well, we're getting there, all right? So again, because of you, because of your generosity, we are launching ministries all throughout Europe uh, to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a team is going back in February uh, to go to those nations in progress and to visit the established countries um, again, God is at work there uh, with uh, really a global city church as we're Kenosha City Church. Oh, by the way, hot off the presses, if you want to go to South Africa and help that movement there, there will, there will be a missions trip. We need about three or four more people on it, April the 28th uh, through May the 9th, all right? We'll have a slide up that for, oh, we'll have a slide. Oh, there it is, all right? So go ahead and scan that. There, wow, you guys are awesome. All right, so South Africa, April the 28th through May the 9th, that is hot off the presses. Uh, if you want to get there uh, this spring, we need about three or four people. So ask God about that right now. We're going to be putting on uh, events. It's going to change your life. Israel, March 2025, just talked to the guy putting on Israel. He said, put an asterisk there. There's an all-out war. We'll just delay it a little bit, all right? We're going to Israel. And then Kenya, our dates are there, July 8th the 17th. Again, if you want to go on a mission trip, we are all about getting boots on the ground. When we talk about ministry partners, this is what we mean, that we want to not only financially significantly bless them, 
but we also want to get boots on the ground to do what they couldn't do without us. And number three, they're part of us. The Kenosha City Church is their church. Like these, they're an extension of Kenosha City Church. This isn't just somebody out there. These are people that you'll come to know and love and are an extension of our staff and our church. All right? Now, um, something that's sort of related to this, and you're, you're, you're going to understand this in just a moment, is our city groups. Our city groups is a way for you uh, to get involved in deeper community here at Kenosha City Church. I love it when we're in rows, but life is even better in circles. And our city groups meet throughout the city during the week. You can find this on the app or at kenosha.church. You can sign up for one right now. And when you do, you'll go deeper uh, in the message. Uh, you'll have times of prayer, uh, extensive times of prayer, and then also a, a bunch of fellowship. It is, you'll get to really uh, just meet some new friends uh, in the city group. Some of you, you'll have a best friend. Some of you are like, I don't want any best friends. I just want to be lightly around people. No matter how you're wired, city groups, uh, there's a city group for you. And, and listen, we, no matter how we're wired, biblical community is a must if we're going to grow. Now, the reason why I'm bringing up city groups now is this year we're going to launch what's called For the City. At least once a quarter through our city groups, we are going to partner with additional uh, local uh, opportunities that we wouldn't necessarily with our, 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 our main partners. These could be additional partners, okay? And so we're going to have opportunities to bless this city through our city groups. So stay tuned for For the City in your city group. And I can't wait when next year, hearing all of your stories, how you bless this city through your city group here at Kenosha City Church. All right. Uh, prayer, we're going to expand prayer this year. We're going to have uh, additional prayer weeks that end with the night of worship. We have a prayer room that is, that is operational every Sunday at 8 o'clock if you want to pray before service. And then we have prayer space. Uh, we're going to be having some banners and some space where at the end of service or even during service you can go and spend time and pray whether it be alone or with a group of people uh, that will pray with you. One of the coolest things that happened here in 2023 and is expanding in 2024 are our men's and women's ministry. Uh, our men's ministry lead and our women's ministry devoted. And uh, we really believe that these ministries are so vital and to make sure that men that you're going to lead and that women that you're going to be devoted to the things of God. Because so often do we go off the rails. So often men, uh, we, we just get inch deep, right? Ha ha, yeah, the weather's great, right? And, and for women, you sneeze and you have a Bible study, but sometimes, uh, sometimes things can get off, off the, the rails. So maybe you've been off the rails, with many, right? And then, you know, gossip, we're none of that, right? We don't want to be inch deep. We don't want to be busy bodies. We want to be busy for the kingdom. And lead men's ministry and devoted women's ministry is going to do just that. Now, lead men's ministry was launched a few months prior to devoted. All right? So they are a little bit further along. We did this on purpose because we want to see our men be fully devoted followers of Christ. This year, we launched a mentoring program. All right? So men in lead's ministry right now are being mentored by a mentor throughout this church. We've trained our mentors, and now people are being mentored. Women, this is coming. This is coming in 2024, where we're going to train up uh, women mentors to mentor the women of this church. It's coming. Somebody like, I wanted to go deeper. Here it is. There's going to be some other opportunities as well. Make sure you check our website for extracurricular group activities. I know we have... Um, I know we have a garden club. I know that we have faith and fitness. Uh, I know that we have other uh, Bible reading opportunities that are coming down the pike. And so there is a way for you to get connected. But we are so excited that we are going to be a mentoring church. All right. As we get ready to close, <coughs> where are we going? Where are we going message-wise? Let me tell you a few messages that are coming down the pike 
that you can look forward to, all right? Sign of the times, all right? Sign of the times starts February 2024. We are going to deal with uh, how the Lord sees uh, the end of time through the perspective of the Old Testament prophets, through Jesus and the New Testament. We did Revelation. That's already on Kenosha.Church. This is the sequel. Why? Because there are a lot of crazy ideas going out there right now. All right, we are biblically going to look at the sign of the times, and that starts February 2024. The next series after that is going to be a series that deals with, it's called Fine Line. It deals with the issue of legalism. Uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, Scripture says. How do we live in freedom, but yet not live in some kind of works-based legalism? That is Fine Line, is studying the book of Galatians, coming in spring 2024. Where does this all fit in? Here is a, a snapshot of where all of our messages are going to be for the end of the year. So here is where all of our different messages fit in for the year, where we're in habits of a healthy heart. We'll be going into the sign of the times, uh, followed by Easter, and then Fine Line, which is our study on on uh, legalism in, in the book of Galatians. We're gonna have two opportunities for parenting on purpose on Mother's Day and on Father's Day. We're gonna do a series in the book of Acts. We're gonna do Acts volume one, uh, starting in the late spring and into the summer. We're gonna have a series called You Ask For It, things that you ask that we talk about, even the hardest things possible. Um, we, have, uh, we also have another series in the fall called Christ, Culture, and Church, how to deal with a culture that is going crazy. And these are just a highlight of what we're gonna be talking about. There are a few other series that are not yet announced. We want to create in you a healthy biblical diet of messages to where you can become fully devoted followers of Christ. Isn't this a, isn't this a hard-hitting uh, season coming up ahead of our sermons, right? It's just hard-hitting topics. Where we're talking about the, the end times, we're talking about parenting, we're talking about legalism, we're talking about culture, we're talking about acts, the Holy Spirit. Holy cow, right? That is like mind-blowing, all right? Anyway. And you can find all of those on our app. And uh, again, our app is a great place for you to um, take notes, and, and, and when, the great, great thing is when you take notes on the app, and then we upload the message later that afternoon, the message starts to follow your notes. It is such a cool tool that's part of the Kenosha City Church app. Download that if you don't have that. Now, here is the coolest reveal. You ready? I know we're going a little bit over. That's okay. It's, we only do this once a year, all right? You with me? All right. There's one more thing we want to talk about before, we get in, before I get into some of the, the numbers here, Okay. In the summer of 2025, we want to take our content and we want to make it accessible to a whole group of people in Kenosha and elsewhere that would never have access to it before. In order to do that, uh, we have talked with, an, we've talked with uh, an individual who's going to help make this ha happen. They're part of our team in Ecuador on the ground, and we are going to launch uh, as, as, a as a beta test and uh, hopefully it will be such a success we'll, we'll continue it. But we're going to launch in the summer of 2025 Kenosha City Church in, go and put it up there, Kenosha City Church in Espanol, all right? And so our, my, the messages that I give or any of our communicators give will be dubbed and translated in Spanish. And they'll be accessible online. Now, we're not having a Spanish service. So I, I want to just squelch that for a second. What we want to do is this, is that we are, as we reach the thousands, we want to see the thousands of people that don't know English, that, that uh, are, are, are just learning English, to have the accessibility of Kenosha City Church's content. And if people, and, and if, and if people want to come, and, uh, come to this church and they know English, awesome. If they don't know English, um, we will sort that out when that happens, all right? Okay, but we want to reach those that are in the digital foyer with a language that is so vastly spoken here in Kenosha. Isn't that awesome? 
Pinocha City Church in Hispaniola launches uh, in, I'm sorry, coming in summer of 2024. I said 2025. It's coming this summer, all right? All right, now, what about our projects? We had, a, we had a, the Compassion First Christmas offering. And our big, audacious goal was $100,000. Well, we reached $50,000, okay, which is going to allow us to begin projects and much very necessary projects in our youth area, finish off the lobby, and then online worship infrastructure, and then parking lot and HVAC. We can begin to address those things. Now, it might seem like, oh, man, we're off by 50%. Here's the deal. That was a big goal, all right? We were still up from a year prior by 6.5%. Uh, when it comes uh, to the Compassion First Christmas offering, which means this. If we are keeping the Compassion First Christmas offering, uh, offering option open for a couple more weeks, pray to the Lord. If there's something like, I'm just willing to wait, I've, I've, been, I've been wanting to wait to see what I can give into. That next $50,000 would allow us to do projects like you wouldn't imagine uh, if we were able to go in that next pericope. And so, again, we're so thankful for what you, you gave during the Christmas offering. It is a win because we're 6.5% higher than the year before. Uh, but we believe that God is going to do some incredible, incredible things on that. All right. And again, your giving, especially if you could help us out, if you aren't automating your giving, it really helps us plan our budgets, helps us plan our projects, and it helps us fuel the ministry of what God is doing. So as we close, um, and I'm going to pray us out, um, as we close, we usually close with a song, but we're not this week. As we close, I just want to just challenge you in this way. Vision requires participation. So start praying now. God, how can I be active in your ministry? How can I recommit uh, my vision to your cause? For some of you, that means you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Today, you need to say, Jesus Christ, I'm placing my faith and trust in you alone. I believe that you died on the cross to save me from my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I, wanna, I, wanna, I, I need to place my faith and trust in you. Your response today, if you've never given your life to Christ, you need to do that right now. For everybody else in this church that has given your life to Christ, you can ask yourself, and even those that are giving your life to Christ today, where can I serve if I'm not, if I'm not serving? About 40% of our population here, they serve. I love to see that at 80 and you know what's going to happen when we, when we fully staff that? We are going to see way more people reached, and we're going to see people transform in Jesus Christ. Uh, we can become an owner, not just a doer. When you're serving, don't just do it. Own it. This is, this, is, this is your church, right? This is my church. This is our church, right? This is the Lord's church, and we're his stewards. Where can you connect deeper? Maybe for some of you it is uh, through city groups. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's committing to reaching the lost. So where, 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 what is God calling you to do? This is the call of action. So Father, I pray right now that you would uh, give uh, people just a clear vision of how you want them to step into ministry in this next season. Father, I pray right now, I pray right now, Lord, that uh, you um, would be with those that don't know you as Savior. That they would give their life to you right now. In fact, with every head's bowed and eyes closed, if there's anybody here right now that uh, does not know Christ but wants Jesus in their life, just raise your hand right now. Yeah, that's me. Awesome, it's you. Lord Jesus, I pray for those that are giving their life to you right now that they would place their full faith and trust in you alone, that you died for their sins on the cross and rose from the dead. Lord, help us now as we go into this next year to be contributors, not just consumers, to have big faith to see what is not what could be love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. 
If you would like to know more about Kenosha City Church, then check us out online at kenosha.church or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Kenosha City Church. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow us so that you never have to miss an episode. At Kenosha City Church, we are not perfect people, but real people being made new through Jesus.